get into some more college football talk in our last half hour of this afternoon's program. Bob Black back with you, Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN here in Richmond. Let's talk some hokey football this time around. Coming off uh, really a wild day in uh, Blacksburg and at Lane Stadium and Purdue coming back to win 24-17 over the Hokies and the long delay, the long weather delay, and everything that got involved there. Let's find out some more about all of that. Mike Burnham from the Virginia Tech Sports Network, the Hokie Hall of Famer, joins us this afternoon. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well, Bob. How about you? Doing okay. Uh, what was it like sitting through that delay? I think that was so much one of the, the headline topics of what happened Saturday afternoon. That was, you know, a long, long delay and how it impacted and affected the game in both teams, Mike. Well, I think first uh, and foremost, uh, you kind of lost the atmosphere. Because with the delay, the team did not come out to enter Sandman. They were already on the field. Uh, some of the people had already left. And then, uh, you know, you play that five or six minutes of the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got another delay, and then you're gone for five and a half hours. So, uh, you know, the crowd, it was a sellout crowd, became like maybe less than, a lot less than what you'd see in a spring game. Maybe five to 7,000 people were there. Wow. So that, that was kind of crazy. And then, you know, it's, then you worry about what's going to happen. I mean, the rain was coming down so hard. It looked like pictures of a hurricane, what you see in a hurricane. I mean, the flags were on in. Couldn't hardly see the east stands. Uh, the rain was going sideways and up and down. and It was just coming down. The field was just totally covered with water. Mm. And so it was nuts. And then, you know, you, know, you wonder if the field's going to be playable. Mm-hmm. Then you wonder, you know, what do you do about the players? Because they got to eat at some point. I mean, they're ready for the post-game meal, and here it is. You know, their pre-game meal is at 8 a.m. So then you got to worry about hydrating them. And what do you do with them? So it was a hot mess, to say the least. And, um, you know, the Hokies got off to a bad start down 17. They crawled their way back in it. And, uh, you know, I think they kind of the defense kind of ran out of gas. And that fourth quarter drive when they had that long, long drive and they couldn't stop them, and um, that kind of proved to be the ball game. Mike, was there ever any serious discussion or conversation about postponing the game, about saying, "Look, let's just come back tomorrow and and play or or finish the game"? I actually participated, you know, as a broadcaster in one of those way back in the day where they really did that because the field didn't drain. Now, I know Lane Stadium drained really well, as it turned out, but was there ever any conversation about doing that? Well, I think both coaches definitely wanted to play the game if they could. Uh-huh. It was just a matter of uh, taking into consideration the safety of the players, you know, first and foremost. And so and that was the main thing. And then, you know, the, the when they when they redid Lane Stadium way back years ago, they put, put these trays in. And these trays are sand-based, and they, they drain really, really well. And then you have this uh, vacuum cleaner, this giant vacuum that sucks the water from underneath the field. And so once the rain stopped, they hooked the vacuum up, they got it out there that sucked all the water out of the field, and really you never saw a grass stain, never saw anybody slip once they resumed the game at 6.15. So, you know, the field was in great shape. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about the game a little bit. You alluded to the fact that Purdue jumped to that lead at 17-0, and I know that has something to do with this, but 11 yards rushing, Mike. Uh, I realize yeah. there are only like 20 carries or so because you, you did pass the ball a lot more. What what do you do offensively about 11 yards rushing? Well, you got to get better. I mean, there's no doubt. You can't survive doing that. It's just not, uh, it's not sustainable. So, 
you know, the offensive line has got to do a better job. Uh, they got to get a little more creative as coaches, you know, in terms of spreading the field. You know, you think about what Old Dominion did. They went sideline to sideline, uh, which forced you to cover those guys on the outside, which left the middle, you know, basically four or five guys on four or five guys. And, you know, some you do it by formation. You do it by motion. Uh, you do it by your scheme. Uh, maybe get the tight ends more involved out in the flats. Uh, but they got to be able to run the ball and have some success loosening up defenses because you cannot live and die by the pass alone. Well, how about the pass? Grant Wells goes, what, 16 of 33, throws a couple touchdown passes, almost 250 <clears throat> yards. The blemishes, obviously, a couple of interceptions and three three sacks. What did you, what did you see from him uh, passing the football? Well, just like against Old Dominion, Bob, you think about it, the quarterback gets too much credit, too much blame, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's got three touchdowns against Old Dominion, looked great, no turnovers, everything is beautiful, right? But then he comes out here, wide receiver runs the wrong route on one of the interceptions, and the second one gets tipped. So are those his fault? You know, well, he's going to get the blame for it. So he didn't play that bad. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. When you have no running game and you're just forced to just throw the ball, it's going to be a little more difficult. And then how about Kyron Drones has to come in there at the eight or nine-yard line Mm -hmm. late in the game because Grant took that low shot. And, you know, for him, talk about pressure now. Here you're down by seven. You're sitting there at the eight or nine yard line. You got 90 yards of real estate in front of him. You need a touchdown to tie. You know, he threw that great pass to right. Had a nice run with his legs, but he then he ended up with four incompletions. But I think it showed a little bit about what he's made of. So he's going to get a lot of reps this week, obviously, with Grant banged up a little bit. And uh, we'll see, you know, how the treatment goes for Grant uh, heading into Saturday. All right. What about Saturday? How? What do you think of the bounce back ability of this team, uh, Mike? Because that you know that was a long day and it didn't end in a victory and and all of that. And now you got to head up the Rutgers. Yeah, it's not going to be easy uh, by any stretch. Rutgers' defense is really talented. <clears throat> you know, Shiano does a great job with that team, uh, those coaches, uh, and so you know there's a history between he and obviously Brent Pry. Uh, you know, their defense is really stout. They're going to come after you. They're going to attack you. Uh, they're stingy. You know, they've only given up a total of 14 points. You know, now, albeit it's against Northwestern, who you have to question their motivation for playing football this year with everything that went on mm-hmm. in that locker room and the coach and the, the hazing and all that. You know, how excited are they to play? And then mm-hmm. Temple, you don't know how good they are. But, you know, you sit there and they scored 23 points in the fourth quarter, did Rutgers to beat Temple. So, I think clearly this is the best team Shiano is going to see on the season, too. And they got to be maybe thinking, looking ahead to Michigan a little bit next week. So, you know, I think the Hokies need to do what Purdue did. You know, Brent Pratt talked about that, Bob. He said, you know what, Purdue, they got they lost the tough one to Fresno State. They're going to come here with a chip in their shoulder. And they got off to a great start, scored those 17 straight points, picked the defense apart. And, um, you know, I think that's what the Hokies' mindset has to be hey, we got to get back on track because they knew they had to come out of this non-conference schedule. If you want to have a good year, you know, you're hoping to be 4-0, and 3-1 and at the worst. Now you're sitting there 1-1. One one. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think starts on the <clears throat> defensive side? I just think, you know, the defensive mentality can kind of exude that chip on the shoulder, maybe even a little bit better than the offense. Well, yeah, I mean, they can set the tone, surely, and they weren't able to do that right. uh, against uh, Purdue the other day. 
And, you know, and then it got to be the point where the offense couldn't move the ball, and so the defense was on the field. I mean, time of possession, Bob, was 16 minutes. I mean, I mean, think about it. It's longer than a quarter, right? So, I mean, they did some good things in the game. They only had three penalties. You know, they, they did some nice stuff in there. But, gosh, you can't lose the turnover battle. That's the one stat that's going to get you every time. They scored seven points off that interception, and you lose by seven. I mean, it's not rocket science. You got to protect the ball, play clean, and you got to make some plays and play complimentary football. And they did not do that against Purdue. Yeah, and it does. Sometimes time of possession can be deceiving. You know that as well as anybody. But it doesn't sound like it in this case. And I guess the other number, you know, I would look at is the two for twelve on third down. If you want to keep oh, yeah. the ball in your hands, you better you better be a little more successful than that. How much of that was third down, Mike? And uh, co- coaches all the time point to third down as a result of first and second down. Oh, that's it, because you get behind the, the sticks and you're in trouble. You know, the longer it is, the harder it is to convert. And that's what the Hokies found a few times. They got themselves behind the sticks. They were in trouble. And, uh, you know, it's a tougher ask uh, to get a third down conversion. So, yeah, 2 of 12 is not good enough. You know, last week they were uh, 50%. This week they're 2 of 12. And, you know, you look at Purdue, they were 7 of 17. They did much, much better on the money down. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, finishing up with Mike Burnup here from Virginia Tech Sports Network. You, you alluded to this, and that's the the, pre, the non-conference schedule, uh, Mike. So you got two to go here, right? Rutgers and and Marshall. And you mentioned it. You know, if you can get these two, you can get out of this thing three and one. Do you kind of call this, you know, crossroads part of the schedule, even though it's still September and it's this early and you haven't even played an ACC game yet? Well, I think the, the, the thing was try to set the tone for the season, mm-hmm. try to get some confidence, try to get some momentum. A lot of young guys on that team, you know, see if you can kind of just uh, get going in the right direction. And now, you know, you face adversity at home, you lose a home game, which you never expect to lose, and that's been, you know, all too common here the last few years. And so now you got to go on the road for two, and they've drawn great crowds. Both of their home games, they've had great crowds. This is three in a row for them at home so you know it's not the most ideal situation so yeah you wanted to get out of there with a lot of confidence and so this is a big game for him in terms of that having to go on the road next week to marshall yeah absolutely great bounce back opportunity for the uh for the hokies this week up there in piscataway uh mike as always appreciate it thanks uh safe travels up there and uh hope you guys come back with a w i appreciate it bob always good to be on with you take care of yourself all right, thank you, Mike. Mike Burnup, Virginia Tech uh, Sports Network. He'll be on the call with Bill Roth uh, of that game at Rutgers. It's a 3.30 game on on uh, Saturday afternoon up there. And I mean, he does make some good points, and I, I would say that they are a little bit at the crossroads of their season here. Um, if they don't get you know at least one of these two, and maybe even both of them, it's going to be tough getting into ACC play for Virginia Tech. They go Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest. And, you know, Syracuse after that at home, which is off to a good start, but, you know, who knows yet on them. Uh, Louisville, much improved, it seems, this year as well. So this is not going to get any easier. And you would like to get into ACC play on the heels of a couple of victories to give you, you know, a little bit of a push moving forward. So that's one to really keep an eye on this weekend, which is the Virginia Tech at – 
at Rutgers game this weekend. I'm just looking at some of the others. We already mentioned the Delaware State-Richmond game. William Mary's on the road at Charleston Southern this weekend. Uh, Old Dominion's got Wake Forest at home. That could be an intriguing game. Wake's off to another good start. Going to be another good team there at Old Dominion. Uh, Monarchs coming off a win, so they'll feel better. Uh, Liberty's off to a good start. Uh, They play at Buffalo on on Saturday, so there's uh, another one to kind of take a look at as well. All right, let's get a break in here, uh, and we'll come back with the final segment of our show already for this afternoon. We've kind of rolled through this thing, and we'll do that in one more segment when we come back after a timeout. Uh, AJ's pushing the buttons. Bob Black with you, hosting remotely on a Wednesday afternoon, and we'll take it home for you after a timeout. 106.1 ESPN.